Hello, my name is Blake Skews and I'm an education student at Southern Cross University. Today we are joined with adventurer psychologist and Southern Cross University researcher, Dr. Eric Breimer. He has spent more than 30 years getting inside the minds of those people who throw themselves off mountains, surf big waves, jump out of planes, or free dive deep underwater to understand why they do what they do. He is currently the course coordinator for Psychological Science with Honours at Southern Cross University. He joins us now on the SCU Buzz podcast to tell us all about it. Welcome, Eric. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you on. I was doing a bit of research on uh, your field and yourself, and I just find it very fascinating. There's a whole bunch of questions today. I wanted to ask, how did you first get involved in researching extreme sport participation? That is a very long question, So, (laughs) but I'll try and keep it as short as I possibly can. No worries. Um, Many years ago, I used to work in the adventure field. Um, yep. And I used to work in uh, in sort of an environment where some of the world's best adventure athletes um, were also, uh, you know, sort of working. I was working with them, working around them um, in some of the national centres. And I did a master's in sport and exercise psychology. And my interest there for my thesis was to examine motivations and um, psychology in adventure sports. When I started to look at the literature at the time, I realised that adventurers are adrenaline seekers, thrill seekers, risk takers, um, very pathological, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. At the same time, as an adventurer myself, I didn't recognize my experience in any of the literature. And looking at the people, my colleagues, who were in in many ways, many of them far more adventurous than I was, um, I knew that these were very careful, considerate, um, if anything else, they were safety seekers rather than rather than thrill seekers and risk seekers. So that triggered off a journey saying, well, okay, if the literature is so far off the mark, um, maybe it's about time somebody examined this particular focus a little bit more carefully. And then, of course, I found out that the reason the literature is so far off the mark is because um, there was an automatic assumption, patho- you know, pathological assumption, and therefore these people are crazy idiots doing dark things. <laughs> and, well, of course, you're going to find these sort of, um, and you're going to try and sort of, you know, squash the the round sort of extreme sport athlete into the square pathological yes um, little sort of um, uh, box, if you like, and it, it did, didn't add up. So that's really what triggered off the the journey to research uh, adventure more broadly. And then then the decision really for me was okay if I'm going to look at adventure more broadly psychologically, then really you know I need to start at the far end of the continuum thinking to myself, well, if I start over here, then it's likely that some of those things are going to be relevant, the, yes. you know, along the continuum. If, if not sort of, you know, um, a perfect representation, they're going to be relevant things that we need to think of more carefully. And yep. so that's then I went into extreme sports research. That was my PhD. Um, and I chose phenomenology at the time because having read so many of the papers that are around that, that actually the theoretical frameworks trying to um, fit a square theoretical framework onto a round experience. And so sure. I thought, well, the best thing to do is find out what the lived experience is. And that's where the journey started. There is so much more in depth about this. And one thing that sprung to mind for me was because most people would view jumping out of an aeroplane or even surfing a wave that's 20 feet high as reckless. Hmm. I want to know about these people. They are so careful and calculated with how they uh, do this. Can you explain hmm. why? So to 
to undertake an extreme sport, whether yes. that's proximity flying or big wave surfing or climbing Yosemite without any ropes or other safety equipment, um, if you make a mistake, you're dead. Yes. Uh, it isn't, you know, I've got a scratch on my leg, I'll put a Band-Aid on. Um, or if you're not dead, you're very, very lucky. It is literally that if you make a mistake, the most likely outcome is death. And so in order to prevent death or in, to minimize the chance or actually make sure death does not happen, because these experiences are very, very powerful, you need to be very, very well prepared. And preparation includes um, an in-depth knowledge of yourself so that you are comfortable, that your decision-making capacities are, are, you know, you're capable to make effective decisions and you're not going to do something that um, is going to lead into a, a, into a you know, your, your demise, so to speak. You also need to have a really profound understanding of the environment you're working in. Um, you know, is fundamental to your activity. These are environmental sports. They're not, you know, the environment is essential to them, uh, the nature-based environment in particular. And you need to have a profound understanding of the activity um, you're going to be undertaking. Because if you don't understand the nuances there, you won't know. Um, you know, if you don't really understand surfing, there's no way you can surf a big wave. Exactly. Um, and then, of course, you need to figure out, uh, like one base jumper um, told me, you know, they spent years before they did some pr proximity flying trawling through the, the research and the statistics to figure out what the um what you know whether there was any patterns in terms of when things go wrong for people and from his perspective he figured out three patterns yep. and he said well as long as i don't do any one of those three i'll be fine he made sure he prepared and didn't do one of those three mistakes the oldest person in my research was um, 79 and as a base jump some people go on forever it's not a young person's so that's the other thing that I did in my study, uh, I made sure that all participants were well and truly over the age that some research suggests, particularly young men, are yep. more likely to take risks. So everybody right. in my research was over 30. There was nobody under 30. And the oldest, as I said, was 79. There's a whole range in between. And we had um, medical doctors, we had um, engineers, we had entrepreneurs, we had all sorts of different people um, who were participating and, of course, professional yeah. um, extreme athletes too. Uh, well, you mentioned the 79-year-old uh, base jumper. Are there actually any age limitations for any of these sports? There are age limitations potentially for some, if depending on when you want to take it up. But, but, right. but if you have been base jumping for years, those age limitations are not the same as I'm 70 and I want to learn how to base jump. Okay. I've, never, I've never put on a parachute before. The oldest person I ever taught whitewater kayaking when I was a professional coach was 72. Right. And the reason why he wanted to learn um, how to paddle a whitewater kayak is because his new girlfriend, who was 69, had been paddling whitewater a long time and he wanted to go on trips with her. Okay. So that gives you an idea. And whitewater paddling is probably one of the most, apart from maybe free climbing, um, is, 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 not, is not an activity that, you know, that is sedentary. You, you need a lot of physical flexibility. Yes, quite strenuous. Endurance, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So yep. that suggests that really there isn't physiologically an age where it, you, you can't do these activities. It's just really based on history, based on your preferences, based on your own individual capacities. Well, that takes me to the next question because there really is worldwide only a handful of people that will go out and do this. Um, I want to know what is the appeal? Because for me, I just find it crazy. But there are a lot of people that just love this and they thrive off it. There's a number of reasons. One is the experience is 
incredible. It's It opens up understanding of what human beings are capable of. Time starts to slow down. Your perceptual capacities increase. You can see and hear much more clearly. You The idea of you know this mindfulness notion of being peaceful, you're massively peaceful in these uh, whilst these activities are going on. Yes. You're in the natural environment in a way that um, is quite special. It's really immersed, integrated in it. So those are the kind of things. And there's another element which is people couldn't describe is what what I ended up calling a neffable experience because people used to mix metaphors as much as they possibly could to try and get close to this really important element. Whatever you're doing, there's a sense of floating, of flying, of, of being at one with the natural world, being attuned, attuned to that sort of um, experience. So there's this idea of I'm, I now know what it means to be human and this makes me feel really, really good. Um, and then, of course, that brings into the transformational element. So the more you get into it, the more it changes who you are, the way you experience the world, the way you interact with others and so forth and so forth. It's very fascinating. Like I just... Because that's the thing, it's it's a passion behind it too. So you've got to have that as well. So it's all these different elements just into one, why people want to do certain things. And I do find it very interesting. Someone won't jump out of a plane, but they find jumping off the bridge. So it's, yeah, it's very interesting. There seems to be an environment that they feel at home in. And right. therefore the activity that they pick up is one that makes them feel, this is me, This is, I am in the right place. Well, do you yourself partake in any extreme sports? I used to be a whitewater paddler. Okay, well, probably right. I still am, but there's not yep. much whitewater around Australia. So my son, working with him now, he's developing the skills. Um, but we spend most of our time really in the surf and the kayaks, but that's pretty good, good skills for that. Um, do you have any advice uh, for people that want to try out adventure sport for the first time? Yes, I, I think um, now is, is in some ways you have to be a little bit more careful than you might have had to do when I started. When I started... Um, the technology was such that if you started whitewater kayaking, you were most likely paddling a fiberglass boat. So right. if you made a mistake, the boat would smash, and you'd probably do that on relatively, um, uh, you, you know, relatively innocuous kind of conditions. You know, grade two type waters. So you'd have big dents, and you'd have to get out. So sure. you learn very carefully the importance of skill and skill yep. development. Nowadays, you buy kayaks that are pretty well unbreakable. If you're not careful, you get the feeling that actually I can go straight to grade six and I'll just throw myself off this waterfall. So what that indicates now is that it's very, very important to get the support required to develop the knowledge of the of you know that relationship between you and the environment to understand how to read the environment, to understand the skill required to move your craft and move gradually. Okay. Um, so don't try and jump too fast. I remember speaking to a base jumper in my original research, and he he said I have to get this phone call in the middle of the interview, and he was talking away, and he came back to me and said, "This is a trouble with base jumping these days. People want to move into it too quickly." He was been speaking to somebody who said he said he didn't have the initial experience to move into base jumping, initial parachute experience, and he needed to get a few more hundred jumps in parachuting before he would have the, and he then had to phone around all these other people he knew across the world to say, look, this person's going to contact you. He might now change his story a little bit, yep. but just to let you know, the last thing they want is for people to die whilst they're yes. doing these activities because it gives them a bad name. But that, that that gives you a kind of an understanding of how important it is to get those basics in place you can't before you start to move. Exactly right. And that's yeah. one learning thing from, you know, big wave surfers will run along the bottom of the ocean 
learning yeah. how to be at the bottom of the ocean, holding rocks so that they can practice when things go wrong. And if you're going to be an effective extreme athlete or even adventure athlete more broadly, you need to have that kind of preparation. Be careful of who you choose to give you those uh, initial um, introductions. So that's the only thing I've got to be professional. <laughs> Um, I also wanted to ask, because you're the course coordinator for the Bachelor of Psychological Science with Honours. Yes. Are there any skydiving excursions planned for those students? Oh, absolutely not. Um, okay. So the, <laughs> there are a few people that are interested in adventure and things like that, but for the most part, the psychological honours course is about preparing people for the professional masters or for going to research degrees. There's plenty of people, interestingly, on our honours that are very interested in the relationship between human beings and the natural world. In terms of the, the topics that people are covering, there's probably more people who are interested in that relationship and the impact that has on health and well-being than there are interested in, in, in any other areas. So that's really quite interesting. I suppose that might be because Southern Cross, you know, the, the where Southern Cross University is placed. Yes. Um, but I have noticed that, you know, more and more over the years anyway. And I also wanted to know what else could students expect to learn if they studied a Bachelor of Psychological Science? So the aim of that course is, as I said, to prepare people to go into the um, into a master's or to go for research. So that really there's two elements to it. One is a is um, the skills required to undertake a research project, right. uh, which is self-directed learning under guidance with a supervisor. And the other one are the basic pre-professional skills, which is about um, working with people, some psychological assessments, rapport building, um, you know, those sort of things as well, interview skills. So those are the things that people will learn by coming on board. And then, of course, um, we have a number of people who with sport exercise interests and expertise. So some students might wish to go into doing professional uh, masters in terms of its relationship with human performance. Yep. Others might want to go, which is usually the typical one, the more clinical route, but we even have people who like to go into the business or the health or one of those routes as well. So it sort of prepares people to go into the profession as psychologists. Southern Cross University, they really do go above and beyond. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, this is, um, and we're hopefully growing it um, and, um, you know, providing the sort of opportunities and that, you know, that students are really looking for. Um, and, and every institution has its own focus. The intention is to provide a, a, you know, to provide that pathway for students so that they can choose whether they want to become a professional psychologist in a clinical or health or sport exercise kind of context, or whether they want to go into the research route. And I think often people come into it thinking professional psychologist, but it's amazing sure. how many people as they go through it think, oh, I love this research bit. Yeah. Um, There's and a lot of up new opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And now, of course, we have the professional masters in SCU as well. Yes. So that means there is a kind of pathway for honours to go into the um, the you know the professional masters yeah. uh, course if they wish to. Before we wrap things up today, Eric, I did want to mm. ask one more thing. I just wanted mm. to know if there's any favourite movies or books out there uh, for people who want to learn more about um, psychology of extreme sports. Well, as the the the, I mean, there's quite a few. There's a few more modern documentaries, and I think the one to do with Alex Hunold, the recent one, is quite an interesting one, and that sort of follows his journey. It gives you a more human understanding of the uh, lived experience of sure. being an extreme athlete. If you don't know who Alex Hunold is, he he went up Yosemite, the the North Face, um, without ropes and without any protection at all, and they made a film about that journey and his uh, lived up to it. There's obviously the the documentary that was made in my PhD. The whole point of that is to 
to understand what the psychology is all about. Quite a few books out there now as well. The more modern ones seem to be becoming more um, sort of realistic and human in the sense of what they are, the, the, the you know, the, the experience they're portraying. Some of the older ones with the old sort of heavy rock and the kind of, um, you know, those sort of things are probably less useful if you really want to grasp what the experience is like, but they may be fantastic fun for people to, you know, to get in, in, engrossed in um, if if that's what they wish to do. I want to say, Eric, thanks for coming on today. I have really learned so much today about um, your career and it's just, it, it truly is fascinating. And I'm going to go out and um, I have a list here actually of more books and more movies that I, I want to watch. And mm. yeah, there's the one uh, online free solo that was just incredible um, yes. uh, viewing. Yeah. I hope some people are listening to this today and think, yep, this is the route I want to go down as well. Well, if they do, they're welcome to contact me um, and they're welcome. I'm, I'm always happy to have discussions and conversations with the people about how these sort of things can fit in with their life's journey one way or another. And I think the the beauty of what we're doing is it's not it's not just about the research and the finding. It is actually about life. The more and more and more the, we dig into it, the, the more nuanced we get, the more we realise that these experiences are fundamental experience and fundamental yes. to what it means to be human sometimes a metaphor i put it is it's a little bit like you know the tiger in the cage once upon a time in zoos we had tigers in a cage and then we realized they were pacing up and down looked unwell overweight so we thought you know what we should open the cage and create a more enriching experience environment for them so now tigers in zoos have these all these sort of you know yes. undulating trees etc and they hide the food and they create in more enriching activities unfortunately over the years what we've done very well for ourselves is we've created environments that minimize the chances of death if some if you get an illness maximize fresh water getting food shelter and all those sort of things but the problem is, by doing that, we've caged ourselves rather like the tiger. What we're realizing is that adventure and nature-based experiences are actually fundamental human experience. Is it what's, you know, these are experiences that make us human. This is how we became who we are, by being adventurous, by being in relation to the natural world. The importance of those experiences is massive. It's far and uh, away beyond, isn't it interesting, there's a few people that like to do base jump. It's actually, it is part of, um, you know, human experience. So that's why I'm really interested and always keen to have a chat and conversation with people who would like to know more or who are interested in this in their sort of own journey as much as they're interested in this in their professional journey because um, it opens up so many doors for people. Definitely. Well, thank you so much today, Eric, for coming on and explaining um, all that to us. And I hope we can get you back on for part two because, yeah, there's definitely more to cover. <laughs> You're very welcome. Part two would be fine. <laughs>